Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. What a good morning to be in church. It is still morning. No, it's afternoon. Good afternoon. What a good afternoon to be in church. Amen. It's kind of a dreary, dull day outside, but in here, we are alive and joyful. It is such a pleasure to bring the word for you this morning. My name is Sarah. I'm on the pastoral staff here at First Assembly, and I've been around here for about 17 years now. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I often say that I didn't really expect to be here that long. I thought God was going to send me off in the mission field somewhere. I'm like, if God had let me know in advance, 17 years in Calgary, I would have been like, no, I think you're mistaken. But... As usual, his ways always prove better than my ways, right? Anyone else experience that? He is so faithful. Well, this morning we're going to look into his word, and our series has been Return. Last week, Pastor Ben talked from the book of Revelations on returning to our first love, that passionate connection with Jesus Christ, that love that we have when we first experience him. And you know, today we're going to go back to the beginning to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. I'm always saying, if you want to know the end of the story, it's always good to find out how it started, right? So God, this morning we come to you and we say, speak to us, Holy Spirit. Reveal to us who you are. Help us to be people who love your word and love each other. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you want to turn to Genesis... We also have it up on the screen for you. We're looking at a creation story. So, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground and everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And then there was evening and then there was morning, the sixth day. I like going back to the beginning of the story because it reminds me the truth again of my identity as someone who was created in the image of God. That's the foundation for understanding who I am. That should be the foundation for each of us understanding who we are. We were created in the image of God. God said, let us make them in our likeness. God is community the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. So community is in his essence. And we're created in his likeness, male and female. And together in unity, we reflect the image of God. And God said it was good. Amen? Who thinks they're a beautiful creature? Yeah? 
We should reaffirm that in ourselves. Look in the mirror and say, you beautiful thing. Right? We all need a good reminder. All right. So we were given a shared identity as image bearers of God. And we were given a shared purpose to multiply and to steward the earth. And we had a shared connection with God and with each other. It says they were naked and unashamed. There was nothing between them. God said it was all very good. You know, the only time God said it was not good was when Adam was alone. And it says, not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I always like to break that down a little bit because the English word helper never does justice to what is actually reflected in the, in the, in the Bible. So the Hebrew there is Ezer Keneg. I'm never sure if I pronounce that properly, but E-Z-E-R, and then the second word, Keneg, K-N-E-G-E-D. So the Ezer means one who is more capable, a more powerful ally. You're providing something that the person needs. It's the same word David used for God when he said, where does my help come from? My help is from the Lord, my Ezer. Okay, and then they added another word, keneg, which means equal or corresponding to himself. So without that second word, women would have been way more powerful. But we had a level of the playing field, right? And so keneg. So we're all equal image bearers of God, male and female, made in his likeness, the triune God. And do you know why he created us? He created us to be with him, to be one with him. And he gloried in it. He loved it. This is why he created us. But then something happened. So there was a conversation. And Adam and Eve were presented with a choice. And in that moment, they chose to trust in their own understanding and in their own ways. And they followed that instead of following what God said and God's ways. Sometimes I think we just picture it as like this little, well, they just ate a piece of fruit. Well, it's not about the fruit. It's about choosing themselves over him. And uh, I often wonder if a different conversation had happened. You know, Eve could have been talking to the serpent, turned to Adam and said, what do you think about what he just said? And he's like, well, I I think God said this. Maybe we should go check with God first before we decide anything. And then whole course of history (laughs) would have been different if they had talked to each other and talked to God. But that's not what happened. They chose their own understanding and their own ways. And what happened in that moment? There was a severing of relationship, severing of relationship between us and God and each other in that moment. What did they do? They hid themselves from each other and they hid themselves from God. There was a disconnection. Augustine defines sin as a state of being caved in on oneself. So it's all about our own selves. We come inward focused and it's about us and our ways and what we want, our own reasoning. So this is a breaking of community. And because of that disconnection from God, that breaking of relationship, we, can, we experience a numbness to our true selves, our real selves. We experience discouragement, despair, feelings of inadequacy, worthlessness, powerlessness, vulnerability, brokenness, shame, guilt, fear. And do you know that's not the life God created us for? It's the opposite of what he created us for. But because of the severing of relationship, and because we choose our own way, it's damaged. 
It's damage. And God is so grieved because he wants to be with us. And he's saying, this is not the life I created you for. I created you to be with me. And he saw that as we chose our own ways, as we chose ourselves, there was just damage, damage, damage. And we couldn't save ourselves. No matter how hard we try, we can't get ourselves out of the spiral towards death. And out of his great love and his great mercy, he said, I'm going to do it for you. And he, what? he sent himself. <laughs> he sent Jesus to pay the consequence for all the damage we've caused and to clear the path again so that we can be reconnected and return to the one whom we were created to be with. Isn't that beautiful? Nothing that we deserve, nothing that we earn, but because of his magnificent love, he's like, I'm going to remove every barrier between you and me, you and me, so that we can live the life he designed us for. So my question is, what's stopping us? What's stopping us from living the life that he created us for? This community with God, you know that when we when we choose to say yes to that connection again, that instead of fear, we get courage. Instead of offense, we get forgiveness. Instead of inadequacy, we get a secure identity. Instead of anxiousness, we get peace. Does anyone want some of that? I do. That's what he's offering us when we reconnect with him, when we return to community. So what stops us from leaning in? Because he says, I have come to fill the desire of your heart. The desire of all of our hearts is to be known and to be loved. To know and to be known. To understand. To be possessed. To belong unconditionally. And he fills that desire for us when we lean in. And then we have the freedom to be who we really are without shame. Wow. So when you look at that severed relationship in Genesis chapter three, so right, they hid from each other. We're like, they looked around, they're like, oh my goodness, I'm naked. And they covered themselves up, right? And then they hid from God and God, they heard God coming and they hid and God asks them a question. He asked two questions. First question is, where are you? Who knows that God knew exactly where they were, right? He wasn't like, oh, we're playing hide and seek. Where are you? That question was, for them to recognize that they were hiding from God, that they were staying away from him. And then the second question is, who told you that? What lie were they believing? So we know when God says, where are you, that he's coming after us. We just sang about that, right? He's chasing us down. He's coming after us. He's saying, where are you? Because he knows where we are, and we need to recognize that we are far from him. So he's saying, where are you? And then what lies are you believing? Who told you that? Are you feeling that you're, you, you're so broken that he couldn't possibly love you? That's a lie. He's saying, who told you that? Because I created you in my image and you were impossibly loved. <laughs> you are not shamed. Who told you that? He's going to tear down, right? Every lie. Who believes that? Who told you that? He's going to tear down every lie that you were believing about your life and replace it with the truth. So I know that there are some things that I do that cause me to be disconnected from God. And uh, maybe it might resonate with some of you, and maybe you have other things. But some of the things I do is sometimes I hide because I do feel ashamed. 
I know what I should be doing and I'm doing the opposite. Or there's something in me that I'm trying to keep away from God because I know he wants to bring it into the light and heal it and it's uncomfortable. And then I'm ashamed. And God asks me, Sarah, who told you that? That you should be ashamed. Who told you that? Because what is the truth? He reminds me, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So anytime I feel ashamed and I start to pull away from God because I'm like, I know I shouldn't, shouldn't be feeling this. God says, Sarah, who told you to feel shame? There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. You know what else I do when I feel like I'm disconnecting or choosing something other than God is I get, I get too busy doing things for him instead of just being with him. So, you know, his greatest desire is to be with us, not to keep us as busy little bees running around doing all this stuff. Doesn't mean that he doesn't have good work planned for us in advance, but his number one goal is to, for us to be with him. And so I get so busy doing all this stuff that I think he wants me to do. I get the busyness of the church and the busyness of ministry and trying to do all these good things. And I end up feeling disconnected because I'm so busy not being And he says to me, okay, Sarah, stop, stop. Where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm over here doing all this stuff. Then he says, okay, now who told you you had to do all that stuff? Why do you think you need to do things for me? What is the truth? So he's going to tear down that lie and he's going to replace it with the truth. And the truth can be found in Ephesians chapter two. It says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Thank goodness that we don't have to work to prove we're approved, right? (laughs) Did that make sense? We don't have to work to prove we're approved. It's a tongue twister for the morning. (laughs) It is a free gift of God, this love he has for us. The gift of salvation is a free gift from God. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. But he's saying, I love you. I see you. I want to be with you. And I'm going to do all the work. Thank you, Jesus. He is going to do all the work. Oh, but that doesn't negate my last thing about why sometimes I lean away from God instead of leaning into God. Why I choose disconnection is because, darn it, it is hard work, (laughs) right? Oh my goodness. Making sure your relationship is strong and growing and thriving is hard work because what do we have to do? We have to stop living for ourselves and live for him and for others. We have to die to all of our own agenda, our own pleasures and all that stuff. And sometimes it would just be easier just to just be that way, right? Anyone else? Anyone else wish they had an easy button they can push, right? That just makes it all smooth sailing. But no, Jesus said that this road that we choose to follow, this cost of following him is is a difficult road. Free gift of salvation. But we have to choose to lean in and connect to God every day, first thing in the morning. God, how can I be with you today? What can we do together? Every moment of the day, I'm going to choose to love Instead of carry a fence, I'm going to choose to do this. I'm going to choose to discern God's way. Every day we make a choice, choice after choice after choice to be with him and to make that connection stronger because he says, I chose you. Will you choose me? 
I chose you. Will you choose me? So he's going to tear down those walls. So what stops us? I want to ask you, do you pray that prayer that David prayed? Search me, God. Know my heart. Know all my anxious thoughts. Again, not so that he knows, as he already knows, but so that we know what lies am I believing? Where am I being disconnected from him? Where can I choose to lean in and be living the life that he created me to flourish in, a life that we know with connection, what is the fruit of all that? The fruit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is the fruit of being abiding in him, being connected with him, an everyday choice. And we get to experience all of that instead of rejection and anxiety and anger and hurt and a lack of control. We get love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Amen? You guys are quiet. These are all good things we want, right? Yes. God wants that for us. This is how he created us to live, to be fully alive in him. And we can only experience those things when we say, yes, I want to be connected with him. And I know that there's no barriers, no walls, no mountains too high for him to get to me. And if you're in this room today, and maybe you have never experienced this connection with Jesus, this connection for the, with the one who created you to be with him, and you don't know what that's like. Did you know that there's no obstacle in your way today? There's no obstacle in your way. All you have to do is say, yes, I want the life I was created to live. And he's right there because he's been chasing you. You know what? He might have chased you right into the room this morning. <laughs> he's a stalker that way. <laughs> he won't give up. Because he wants you that desperately. He wants to be with you. If you're here today and you want that, all you have to do is say yes. And he'll be all over you like white on rice. Right? So good. All right. So when Jesus came and paid the price for our sins and reestablished that connection between us and our Father, he also made the way for us to be reconnected and return to community with each other so we can be fully alive together. So... Sin separated us from him and from each other. And only through relationship with him can we be reconnected with each other in the way that we are meant to be. Jesus prayed this prayer right before he went went to die on the cross with his disciples he was praying. If you look at John chapter 17, verses 20 to 23. So he just prayed a prayer for his disciples. And now he says, my prayer is not for them alone. He goes, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. Okay, so in this moment, Jesus is praying for us. And he says that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What a powerful prayer. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three-in-one God, complete oneness. And he wants us to be one like they are one. What a beautiful picture 
of mutual submission, of self-sacrificing love, of servanthood. And this is what he says, the world will know that he is love by how we love one another, right? And so this community that we're called back into, we get to choose to connect. We get to choose to lean in to community. It says in Galatians 3.28 that there is now neither Jew nor Gentile. There's now neither slave or free. There's now neither male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Look around this room. Multiple ethnicities, different genders, different economic statuses. And we say there is no division amongst us. Amen? We are all one in this place because of the work of Jesus Christ. And we can look at each other and say, you are now my brother. You are now my sister. And we are one. And we're going to lean in and love each other well because we want the world to know that he is love. We were made to be in community. So I like to climb mountains in the summertime, you know, when the weather's nice and there's no bears about. I like to go and find hard trails, hike up to see beautiful scenes. And you know, the most beautiful scenes are the hardest climbs to get to, right? And so if you've ever gone mountain climbing, you're starting off, you're super excited. And then a couple hours into it, you're like, why? Why did I do this? (laughs) And your legs are screaming, why? (laughs) Why didn't you work out more before you did this? And you're like, I got to make it to the top. This beautiful thing happens when you're hiking. There's other people on the trail. You pass them up and down. And I've experienced this every time I go hiking. They call out to, you call out to each other. You can do it. <laughs> it's so worth it. Keep going. Don't give up. You can do it. And to me, this is the picture of what community should be like in the church as we do life together. As things get hard and we want to sit down and give up. And we say, don't give up. You can do it. It's worth it. Don't quit. Don't stop meeting together. We won't give up on each other. Can I help you? You know, I climbed um, Kilimanjaro. And, uh, oh, believe me, I wanted to die. (laughs) I don't think I would have made it to the top if it wasn't for my guide. He took me by the hand and dragged me up that last hour because most of my group didn't make it. And... (laughs) I think we're all like, at least one of these Canadians is going to get to the top of this mountain. (laughs) And he dragged me up the rest of the way. And then I collapsed in tears and exhaustion at the top. I couldn't have done it without him. And when I look at how hard life can be, what a long slog of perseverance is, I remember that we need each other, don't we? Sometimes we need to grab each other by the hand and saying, I'm not going to let you collapse on the trail here. I'm going to pull you along. You can do it. Don't give up. It's worth it. We need to cheer each other on. Unity takes work. It takes intentionality to be connected with Jesus and with each other. C.S. Lewis describes hell in The Great Divorce as a place where each person lives in isolation, millions of miles apart from one another because they can't get along. Isn't that crazy? We were meant not to be isolated in individuals but to be together in community. We need each other corporately and in personal relationships. And I think we go back again to the questions that God asked. 
Where are you? And who told you that, right? So if we're feeling disconnected from each other, disconnected from community, disconnected in relationships, ask, God's asking you, where are you? Take stock. Are you in authentic community? Are you leaning in to the relationships around you? Are you choosing them over yourself? And God asks us, again, not because he doesn't already know, because we need to know. We need to look and say, actually, I've let myself drift away. I've, 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 I've let distance come between me and them. I've lived on the fringes of community, but haven't entered in. Am I actually believing that I was meant for this? And I think we should ask each other these questions too. Where are you? <laughs> right? Where are you? I miss you. I'm so blessed to have friends in my life that always check in on me. Where are you, Sarah? How are you doing? Don't hide away. <laughs> we love you. We see you. Who told you that? This is our opportunity to prophesy into each other's lives when we're believing lives, lies about ourselves, right? I've heard, I've heard in some churches, not this one, that people get into fights and disagreements and hurt each other and decide they're going to go somewhere else because they can't be in the same church as that person. I've heard those conversations. And, and I think the question God's asking is, who told you? Who told you that you can't be unified in love? Because you're believing you can't. So what's the truth? We encourage one another. Your feelings aren't invalid. You might have been hurt. You might have been wounded. There might have been disagreement. But at that moment, we get to choose whether we take offense or to forgive. Right? In that moment, we can encourage each other that the truth is that we've experienced forgiveness for all of our sins from him. We can now forgive each other. So there's a way to encourage each other, to help each other heal from woundedness and hurt relationships, but also encourage us to live out the gospel, to keep loving when it's messy, keep loving when it hurts, to choose connection over disconnection. That's when it takes all of us to lean in, prophesy over each other, and encourage each other. Who wants that? I want to be in a community where if people see I'm living a lie, they can say, Sarah, God has better for you. This is the truth, that we can be unified in love. This is the truth, that you were made for more than this. Amen? Can we be a body of believers that leans in when it gets hard, leans in and celebrates with each other, leans in and cheers each other on? I believe we can, right? But it's hard work, perseverance. Sometimes it can be super scary. I remember someone asking Billy Graham's wife if she ever considered divorce. And she said, divorce, no. Murder, yes. <laughs> right? There are moments where the people in your lives, you just really don't like them. <laughs> but we choose love. 1 Corinthians 13 lays it out for us. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep any records of wrong. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> I remember when they hurt me. Love keeps no record of wrong. So this is what I'm talking about, the hard work of following Jesus, right? We have to work through these things and choose love and choose love. I know that I'm disconnected when I'm believing the lie that I need to be useful to people in order for them to like me. I need to do things for them. I need to help them out. I'm always looking for ways to almost prove my value. 
And, I'm, and then I have to stop and say, what am I doing? Again, where am I? <laughs> and what am I believing? Who told me that? Who told me that? Because when I believe that, I burn out and pull back. And God says, I have a better place for you, Sarah. Are you positioning yourself to know and to be known? That's a question we can all ask ourselves. Are we positioning ourselves to be known and to know each other? Now, I'm not talking about telling everybody everything about yourself, okay? Because that's like the streaker at the baseball game. Nobody wants to see that, right? You see it and you're like, my eyes, (laughs) I can't unsee that. I don't know what people say when you're public speaking, if you're nervous to picture everyone naked around their underwear. I'm like, I don't want to do that. You're all beautiful, but no. (laughs) Right? No, okay, so we're not talking about exposing ourselves everywhere. What we're talking about with authentic community is choosing to lean in, live life together, to be known and to know each other. Community is not just being in close proximity to each other. Right? That's a really easy thing for us to do on Sunday mornings. We pass each other by. Hey, how's it going? Nice life. I live in a community. I live in a neighborhood, and I don't know my neighbors very well. So that's not community. Community is, I know you. I'll let you know me. I'm not going to guard myself and pull back because he's asked us to love that way, even when that's super scary. Isn't that scary? exposing yourself that way that you're going to say, I'm going to let you into my life. I'm going to let you know me because when you do that, they might hurt you. They might mistreat you. But yet God asks us to love, keep on loving, keep on loving, keep on loving, keep on loving. Because what did he do for us? He kept on loving. He kept on loving. He kept on loving. When we betray him, when we turn our back on him, when we choose ourselves over him, he keeps on loving He keeps on loving. What are we singing? The reckless love of God chases us down, climbs over mountains, tear down all the walls. No, kicks down all the walls. Kicks down the walls. Violent action. There are no walls between us and God anymore, and there are no walls between us. That is what I'm designed for and created for. And that is what you are designed for and created for. This is when we are fully alive. I want to be fully alive. Christ died and rose again. Because he's alive, we are now alive. Why do we keep living like we're dead? (laughs) Embrace life. Embrace connection. Lean in. Will you lean in with us? It's not a rhetorical question. (laughs) Can we commit to each other to lean in? Encourage each other in our pursuit of God. Encourage each other in our pursuit of each other and building authentic community. Because then we remind ourselves, right? Back to the beginning. We have a shared identity. Now through Jesus Christ, we are children of God. We have a shared purpose to multiply. (laughs) Go and make disciples of all the nations. We get to go and tell the good news and be witnesses to this love. And we have a shared connection with him and with each other. This is worth fighting for. This is worth living for. And we get to return to God and be who we created to be. So why don't we pray? Lord God, thank you for your incredible, magnificent love that we have such a hard time comprehending, but we want more. And we know you don't withhold yourself from us. 
We know that you want to pour out more of yourself on us. So Lord God, we say yes today. We want to make sure we're choosing you, leaning into you, prioritizing that connection. And Lord God, help us love each other better. Help us to lean into community. Help us to be unified as you prayed for us, that we would be one as you are one. Lord God, we need you so desperately. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and help us in our hearts and our spirits to let go of ourselves and our ways and to grasp a hold of the life you have called us to. We pray in Jesus' name. I want to encourage again, if you're here today and you have not chosen this connection with Jesus before and you want it today, we want to pray with you. We're going to worship in a few minutes. And if you want to say yes to that connection, if you want to say, I need that life, I want to be known by him and loved by him, come up to the front and we would love to pray with you. Or we have a new life booth out in the foyer where we have a Bible and someone would love to connect with you that way. So why don't we stand and we're going to worship. And if you want someone to pray with you and stand with you, there'll be some prayer team down at the front. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church. 